Welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 82. I am your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I have just a couple of beans on the line. So tonight we have Cracker. How's it going mate? Very well thank you buddy. How are you? Uh, Yeah I'm okay. And we also have Stu. How's it going Stu? Yeah good mate. That's the way. Uh, almost didn't make it to the, the podcast again tonight. Uh, if you've been paying any attention in our Discord, you will have seen all the photos I put up of trees on power lines and all sorts of stuff going on. So it's been an interesting week in my world. Uh, yeah. We're glad your house is all right. <laughs> and like, uh, yeah. you know, like everything's okay apart from it's just, man, it's, it hasn't been a nice warm week for you to go without power either, buddy. <laughs> no. Yeah. So it's, it was pretty much a full week like the the power went off at like wednesday midnight or like thursday morning and came back on about nine o'clock uh yesterday so wednesday again so pretty much a full week without power running generators and uh power leads just running snaking through the house everywhere it was yeah interesting can't say i've i've had that experience before but i i don't know how you did it we had a five minute period this week where somebody (laughs) kicked the plug out on the modem (laughs) <laughs> and we had to wait for the internet to reboot. So, and the kids yeah. were going mad. I don't know how you did it. Uh, th- thankfully, uh, my my phone reception is actually pretty good now. So I very quickly got a uh, hotspot all set up and things all plugged in and, and the router up and running again. And yeah, made made sure that was a priority. But yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting week and, and made it quite hard to you know record podcasts and and do all that sort of thing and. Uh, do all the usual prep work that I like to do leading into our uh, streams for our finals for our, our leagues that we run. So that's what we're going to be doing tonight. We're going to be talking about the uh, finals coming up this weekend. But before we get into that, Stu, do you want to tell everyone about our awesome sponsors? I'd love to. Uh, as always, we just want to say a big thank you and shout out to Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar for supporting everything that uh, the Beans do. Uh, they are a face- Facebook auction site. Look them up. Uh, they sell yeah physical cards. I'm pretty sure there's a ton of Modern Horizons 2 stuff available at the moment. Every, every night there's auctions. They run for 24 hours. Get across and tell them the bean sent you. Very good. So, yeah, as, as I said, tonight is a focused episode. Normally this would be our uh, Evergreen Series Week, although we're, uh, <laughs> we're pretty sparse on those at the moment, so we're filling them in with other things. But, uh, yeah, this will be a focus on the top eight deck lists for our Strixhaven League. So if you've been listening to our podcast for a while or you're in our Discord or you've had anything to do with any of the content we do, you'll know that we run regular events and they're all part of our the Magic Beans tournament series. So that all leads into the end of year Magic Beans Invitational. And we've been running our Strixhaven League for the past six-ish weeks, uh, ran the group stage and started the top 16 of the finals with some double elimination. And we've basically got to the point where we're down to eight players left. And what we do is we then pause for a little bit, allows us to do a little bit of prep work, gives people a little bit of time to practice, and then we run a big stream. So that stream is happening this Saturday, the 19th of June. Uh, kicking off at 11am Melbourne time. And yeah, we'll be running that through most of the day, uh, highlighting all the matches in the top eight, doing a bunch of giveaways and hopefully watching some good magic. So we've got all the deck lists for these top eight players. And yeah, we're basically just going to go through, have a chat, uh, let everyone know what's getting played and what our thoughts are and who we who we think has the best deck for the week and go from there. So 
We'll kick it off with a deck. Have you got a deck list in front of you, Cracker, that you want to go through first? I do. I do. I was actually wondering, did you want to go through the pairs and like do like the first round and a bit of analysis, or do you just want to yeah, go we through can do the that actual decks? All right. So, uh, well, maybe we should start with our first matchup, which is Tanker versus James Moises. He was the professor. Uh, had, had a name change. Had a name change. <laughs> I mean, the professor seemed pretty good, man. He took everyone in group crack at a school, let me tell you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Tanker is uh, being, being a part of the Beans community for a long time now, which is awesome. And they have brought Mono White. Mono White with a, a really strong life game theme. So we actually just mm. started talking about this before. Um, Jay Mudd has also got a Mono White deck, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, this one's leaning. Man, he's, he's gone all in. He's got... For Elseed, for Lurus, for Selfless Saviour, for Luminarch Aspirant, three Linden, three Daxos, three Heliod, three Luminous Broodmoth, three Blade Historian, two Speaker of the Heavens, which is the one where you can like tap- Make the angels. uh, Make the angels, yep, uh, from M21, and then three more of the Skyclave. And you know that he means it. You know that Tanker means it because they have three Radiant Fountain in their mana base. (laughs) And that's with Linden, which is triple white. So, yeah. uh, and then like a bunch of, you know, interactive stuff in, in the sideboard. So. Yeah. I- interesting list. I I got to stream one of Tanker's matches with this list and wasn't mm-hmm. sure if he was going to stick with it for the, uh, the top eight, but obviously he's been doing all right with it. And yeah, it's, um, that life gain, man, uh, when you, when you're trying to play aggressive decks, that life gain is just a, just a killer sometimes. <laughs> and, yeah. and we all know that's all Shorty ever plays. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on. I've got range. Right, red, get him dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, sometimes I play 19 lands, sometimes I play 20. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's, that's the need... controlling version of my red 20 lands. Controlling version of my red. Yeah, it's got an extra castle and breath in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, maybe just to, to talk about who Tank is playing against is, yeah, James, the professor. Uh, and they are on Obosh, um, Tima Adventures, the, the kind of most current version of that with Great Hinge and, and also Alrin's Epiphany, but the the normal kind of package. So Bonecrusher, Edgewall, Innkeeper, um, Lovestruck Beast, Brazen Borrower. Interesting to note that there's a couple of uh, Elder Gargaroths in the main deck. Yeah. Mm, and that's also a, big change. a couple of the Mammoths as well, which you don't always see yeah. in these. So it's it's interesting because the, the Kazandu Mammoth um, and then also the... Um, the Lovestruck Beast uh, are really beat down, but then you go all the way up to the like Elrond's Epiphany, and you're doing like seven mana sorceries. So, what do you guys think of this, Stu? You've played a bunch of adventures. This is kind of I, your wheelhouse, and I have played a bunch of this deck, and I played it for the entire league, minus the Gargaroths and the did main. I. And look, I I finished middle of the table in my group, but I felt like when the deck is on, it's unbeatable. But if you get a bad draw or the top of your deck's just not quite working for you, you kind of dirtle along a lot. So I don't know. Sometimes it can get really – feels like it gets stuck in no man's land a little bit, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like you're playing – you've got 26 land, like actual lands. Then you've got four Xandu Mammoths, which are also lands. And then one Spikefield Hazard, which is another land. So you're playing effectively 31 lands. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes you just have those draws where you just – yeah, you just do nothing because the the deck just doesn't have. It's got no filtering. Like it's got it's got card advantage and card draw in the form of Edgewall Innkeeper and the Great Henge, but 
Great Hinge sometimes is hard to get online. You're only playing it as a two of. You really kind of need like a mammoth and then getting a, uh, a and a landfall trigger off it to make it a 5-5 five, five to actually be able to play the Hinge easily or having a Love Struck yeah, Beast. Yeah, or, or having a Love Struck Beast, that's yeah. right. And Edge Walling Keeper just dies straight away. <laughs> like, oh, that yeah. thing gets yeah. stomped in the face so many times. <laughs> but like but you said, get, when it's, when it's doing it, a- its thing, it's uh, it's super powerful. If you can get a gold span dragon on curve and into usually old Fortel, Elrond's Epiphany or something like that into a new turn the next turn, that's when things really start to happen. Yeah. But yeah. you're relying on your opponent to do nothing for four or five turns before that happens. Yeah, that kind of. You've got a bit of, bit of interaction though because you've got Stomp you and you've got you Petty Theft and stuff. So you can you can kind of tempo a little bit. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I like- I love the deck. I'll be honest. Yeah, I do yeah, love so it. Do I. Yep. I just don't know how strong or, you know, I, I think it's well positioned, but we'll, obviously we'll see what else is, what other decks are coming well, up. Well, but, let's, um, let's let's talk about its position against Tanker on Mono White Life Gain. How, how do you guys feel this does against Life Gain? Uh, so the thing I've seen it struggle with is actually like getting an early creature and getting a all the Skyclaves on it. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. It, uh, it's quite hard to deal with a, uh, a creature with a all of the Skyclaves on it that's just flying over and bashing you, and especially when it's bashing you and gaining life. Uh, and then if they get to the point where they're then able to make uh, more angels with the Speaker of the Heavens, it's pretty hard to catch up from there. Uh, you don't have... You don't have board wipes. Uh, actually, looking at James Moise's list, he's not even running the three-mana deal two to everything. No. No, there's no uh, In the sideboard. I can't remember what, nope. that one, what that one's called, which is pretty good in the matchup post-sideboard when you, yeah. your opponent's got a bunch of does it exile one, things one or two as well? toughness things. Yeah, it does. Yep. So that's really good against Lurus because like, yes. that's one thing that, that strikes me about Tanker's deck is the interaction that you've got here from James's side is you've got four copies of Stomp. Yep. I mean, like you can bounce things with Petty Theft, sure, but I don't know, man. It feels like Tanker, if if he gets off to a good start, he might just gain like enough life that you don't care about Gargaroths yeah. and then you can just start churning yeah. out angels yeah. and eventually just overwhelm. And I think the issue is, is once, um, and I see it all the time, is like Luminarch Aspirant comes down on turn two and just, if you can't deal with that quick enough... It just yeah, their their creatures are just gaining too many plus one plus one counters and getting out of reach really fast. Yeah, you have to have that stomp for that Luminarch Aspirant really, which then means like, you can't hold up time. a stomp for a Lurus, and then yeah, then once a Lurus does come down, their selfless saviors keep coming back and everything. You know, it, yeah, well, you, your your removal and your interaction is stretched really thin, big time. Um, like bouncing bouncing the cheap creatures just does nothing. Like the everything's just so cheap in that deck because you. Yeah, and and like playing four Lurus in the main deck, so you've <laughs> you've just got, you know, you kill those creatures and they're just coming back out of your graveyard in in no time. Um, and the the adventures deck, it can it can kind of win out of nowhere. You definitely have those turns where yeah. you know you you've taken a bunch of damage, you're down to one or two life, and then you're just able to untap, uh, you know, play a dragon and an epiphany sometimes in the same turn by getting the. Uh, the trigger token off the uh, off the goldspan dragon. You take the extra turn, and then in your extra turn, you're able to put Obosh into your hand and cast it, and then you're just swinging in with with the dragon and the couple of birds and whatever else you've got, and you're just doing tons of damage. And yeah, you can kind of win out of nowhere, almost like a combo. But 
that sort of works when your opponent's on, you know, 20 life, 15 to 20 life. But if your opponent's managed to gain a ton of life and they're sitting <laughs> on 30, 30 or 40, or 35 or something, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty unlikely. So I think, yeah, I, th- I think Tanker is probably favoured in this matchup. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's it's weird, right? Because he's both the lower, more aggressive deck and the better recursion deck. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think if, if uh, James Moyes has had. The board wipes, which I can't, I'm going to kick myself later when I remember what it's called, uh, in the sideboard, like two or three of those, which I'm pretty sure I was running in my list, uh, it would be a bit more even. But not having those, just a bunch of point point removal is, yeah, not not going to be too good in his favour. One thing on Tanker's list, not choosing to, or choosing not to run the Snowland package, and uh, I, I guess that's in favour of the. The extra copies of Ardenvale and Radiance Fountain. Mm. You, you How do you, really... you do you like that? You don't not like it. Like the Radiant Fountain, the gaining two life. Like what's that actually triggering for you? Like you got Heliod. Heliod. That's it. I think that's it. Yeah, there's nothing else that's actually triggering off of you gaining life. So also, interesting that, choice. Uh, that card is Crush the Weak. Crush the Weak. There we go. Yep. Good job. We got there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. I mean, obviously, I've I haven't played this version or this mono white list, so I, I don't know how it plays. But I would be inclined to be playing. Like, you can still play three Castle Ardenvales if you want to with your Faceless Havens. Just swap those three Radiant Founts for Faceless Havens and all your planes for Snow Planes, and away you go. Yeah, look, I mean, that's got to be one of the attractions of playing monocolored decks these days, right? Mm, definitely. Like, yeah. and, and particularly in mono red, we've seen people move right away from. Castle Embrath in favour of playing Faceless Haven because it's just that, oh, I get swept, never mind, I've got a 4-3, let's go. And, you know, it's just chilling in your mana base. Look, the fact that he is playing the Radiant Fountains means that the colourless mana that it produces isn't going to hurt you enough that it's a big problem. So it it feels kind of free, and I don't know, like, apart from Heliod, do we care that much? No. About the life? Probably not. I don't think we do. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, like Speaker of the Heavens wants you to get up to 27, but that's true. you've got enough other life linky, life gain uh, things going on where you can still get there. Yeah, Al Seed carrying a mole will get you there yeah, pretty Al, quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaker yep. of the Heavens carrying a mole will get yeah. you there pretty quickly too. Yeah, exactly. I think also like looking when we get, sort of get through the rest of the field, there actually isn't very many board wipes. Uh, there's, there's not. We don't have any uh, control decks that are actually wiping the board where Tanker uh, has Haven. It's the old shorty trick playing your Wrath of God in your creature-based aggressive deck. Yeah, but if you do it and then you just lure us everything back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Does it matter? No. <laughs> no. Well, although we are bold uh, strategy. <laughs> we are open deck lists here, so you don't, you don't get that old ah, suck you in and wipe your board. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the fact that you can have like Selfless Saviour and Luris in play and you can give Luris Indestructible and then Doom Scar and then bring things back is, is actually not the number it might immediately sound like. But yeah. yeah. All right, so we reckon Tanker's favoured in that matchup? I think so. Yep. So this is a lower bracket match so the loser of this match will be out of the the tournament it'll be the end of their day uh, but the winner will be moving on so the uh, the pick for that i think is tanker so who's the next lower bracket there Stu, you got that in front so, of you yeah next we have skips j up against jmart so mm. it's the battle of the jays 
Yep. Neither of them's name is Jay. No, it's funny that. <laughs> no, it's not. No, Jay Jay went out in straight sets, didn't he? Not that his name's Jay either. We're talking about Arcturus. <laughs> no? <What>? No. <laughs> anyway. You guys are so confused, are you? Okay, yeah, moving on. No idea what's going on. Well, I mean, his name's Jason. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> it's not Jay, Jay. for sure. All right. Anyway. All right. All so, right. yeah, Skips J is playing on the, the Urian, what is it? The Ultimatum. Saltai. 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 Yeah. So that's our lone Saltai list in the uh, in the tournament and, and basically the lone, like, controlling sort of sort of list. And uh, and what's old J-Mud on? I think you said old it before. J-Mud is on mono white with the snow-covered uh, planes and faceless haven package. Mm-hmm. It's slightly different to tankers. Yeah, it's it's quite different to tankers actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. So you got four like a whole bunch of four ofs, four LC, four elite spellbinders, which I don't think uh, nope. tanker had. Four giant no. killers, which you didn't have. Four luminarch aspirant, four redains, four season hallow blades, four selfless savior, four skyclave apparition, a couple of Dranus magistrates, a couple of luminous brood moths, and a legion angel, which is a uh, an interesting one. Yep, I like it. Couple spicy, of with the, spicy with two, so Legion Angel. If you, in case you can't remember, it's a two two white white four three flying angel. When it enters the battlefield, you can reveal a card you own named Legion Angel from outside the game, put into your hand. So, one in the main and two in the side. For, uh, for J Mud there. It's like a super squadron hawk. Mm. Although you can only get one at a time, can't you? Yeah. So yeah. In- interesting split to have one in the main and two in the side. Because you, you don't can only want get that many four drops. Well, no, no, but you, but get you, one, but you can only get then you one out in, of your sideboard. <laughs> yeah, but then you play the second you one, get you one, get one the next, next one. Time. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, Every okay, time yep, you cast so the, it, you get another yep, one. Yep, the second one gets you the, Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yep, sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. I am a bean. Uh, so let, let's talk about J-Mud's list for a second here. It's, it's more interactive with, like, way more interactive with Elite Spellbinder, <laughs> Giant Killer. With no non-creature spells. <laughs> yeah, but it's some, just surprisingly is. Well, I mean, like, Giant Killer and Chop Down. Um, yep. uh, you know, like, yeah, that's that's a powerful effect. Chop down, you know, destroy target creature with powerful or greater. There's a lot of that floating around. Um, Spellbinder, we, you know, we all talked about a lot when it first kind of got previewed. Uh, PV's card. And then also Skyclave Apparition, which again, great card. Seen a lot of play. Yep. The thing I find interesting about this is it feels more aggressive, right? He's trying to get people dead. There's a lot of, like... X ones, there's you know three ones and two ones kind of all over the place, but he isn't playing any of them all, which I find really interesting. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't. I think that's one of the draws to play mono white, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you jump yeah, your like dudes and give them plus got two, a ton plus of, two, and- <laughs> a ton of small dudes to put a skyclave. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's exactly. um, it's an inter- interesting choice. Uh, that said, J Mud did just make mythic. So he did. I think who, he's been playing to question bit. anything. Well, I mean. <laughs> But, um, I made it into silver this month. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting to note that he's running uh, the two of the Dranith Magistrate in the main. Yeah, and another two in the side. And then another two in which, the side. Uh, which will be very good in this matchup. So, yep. yeah, with Skip's Jay on, on the ultimatum. Yep, he's, yeah, he's the got the, uh, was it the Hercules Hercules. recall in the main? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, like looking at J Mudsley, so yeah, he's going up against the the Salt Ultimatum. We've got 
yeah, two Drannith Magistrate in the main, two in the side. Very good for that matchup. But also the four Redain. So the non-creature spells your opponent's cast with converted mana cost four or greater cost two more to cast. So like looking at Skip's list, we've got four Ultimatums, <laughs> three Extinction Event, two Epiphanies, uh, Sea Great Restorations. I don't think we cast them that very often. And a Shadow's Verdict. So a bunch of spells that are going to be... Uh, like binding the old gods as well. Yeah, and Elite Spellbinder does the same thing, right? It'll just yeah, effectively delay them yeah. by two. So that's um, it's it's again, it's interesting that like we've just seen a mono white list that's really recursive, and now we're seeing a mono white list that's you know really interactive. Yeah, still hate them both, by the way, just to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so skips Jay's list. Are we seeing anything like we've we've seen the the Saltai automaton lists for ages now? This looks really standard to me. Yeah, like the targets we've got for the ultimate, we've got one Professor Onyx, we've got some Gargaros, be pretty rarely getting those, the one Valky, one Voronclex, and then yeah, a couple of Epiphanies, yeah, the one one Kyrobus the Sea God, so you've got, got plenty of targets for whatever floats your boat at the time, and uh, yeah, some, some board wipes in three Extinction Event, one Shadow's Verdict in the main, a bunch of removal in Heartless Act Eliminates. So they're going to definitely come in handy uh, against J-Mud's all creatures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, as, as you said, J-Mud does have the four Faceless Haven and the Snowlands. So has that uh, that backup plan for the board wipes and, and all that removal, which is pretty handy. I think it's a really solid backup plan. Hmm. It's, got, it's gotten me in, out of a lot of trouble in mono red and mono white. Oh, yeah, white. definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yep. A uh, whole bunch of one ofs in the in the Huge sideboard for ones, yeah. for skips with the test of talents, which for some reason on what I'm looking at is showing up in a different language. So that's yeah, useful. Can't remember it's what what French. that one does. Oh, that's is that's the counter and it the is. search counter, the like hand an or sorcery, and then yeah. yeah, you can kind of go through everything. Take take the stuff out of their hand in the library Exile. and then get to draw some cards and stuff. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, not not too much to talk about on on old Salt Ultimatum. Who do we think is the favourite in this matchup? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it's super. You know, draw dependent. We've we've talked about this with the Ultimatum decks a lot. You know, Yorion decks have got twenty extra cards, so it can be challenging to find the right pieces. Yeah, the pieces are obviously inherently way more powerful than anything that JMUD is doing on face value, but. J-Mud will also just like dump his hand and, you know, proceed to beat him down and hopefully disrupt those couple of key pieces for long enough. You know, if you can if you can delay an extinction event by two turns. Yeah. That's that's pretty heaps, handy. That's heaps yeah, it's enough a lot to of damage. the game, right? So, yeah. yeah, I think, I don't know, it, it will be really interesting it's to gonna see. It's going to be close. Yep. Yeah, I, I actually think this one's too close to tell. Yeah, something else to note, J-Mud also has two Archon of Amiria in the sideboard, which has the text each player can't cast more than one spell each turn. So that's another, so that's four he's, cards. He's in kind the, of like death and taxes almost sort of style mm. here, right? Not, not yep. quite, but getting close. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if he can get those key pieces on the board and delay a few things, then, uh, yeah, I reckon he's in with a good chance. But... We've seen Salt Eye Automatum just literally win out of nowhere, so a yeah, little exactly. bit of ramp. It's if you don't kill them quick enough, then, uh, yeah, they've got tons of removal for, uh, well, for all your creatures. So Yeah, if they get to the Ultimatum turn and they just, you know, oh, look, hey, here's my Tybalt with Vorinclex. Yeah, what yeah, are you going to do? Don't, if you don't have a Dranath Magistrate on the field, then... 
Correct. Yep. Uh, and I believe the Redain, even though you're casting the spells without paying their mana off of an ultimate, you still have to pay the two, the tax on them. Is that how that works? Yeah, I think it's like um, Commander Tax. Yeah, could be wrong. We'll find out on the day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Cracker, what's our next? So that that's the lower bracket. So now we're yes. moving up into the people that have not taken a loss yet in this double elimination. We've got Yanley and Thory's Chris Hemsworth, the best name we sh- now. We, in our we sure do. And, and I found out this week that, that Thor is is tuning in, playing with the beans all the way from Utah. Mm. And Yanley's from and Manila? Yanley's from the Philippines, yeah. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> yes, which so. is unreal. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Thor is like he's ready to go. He's just like doesn't matter. Ready to play into the middle of the night. No problems. Let's do it. So <laughs> love it. Uh, and he has brought what we call in this stew, Team Aluka. Team Aluka, I think, is yep. the name it's been given. Yeah. Uh, so playing, yeah, obviously four copies of Aluka Copper Coat Outcast, that infamous card that everyone thought should be banned back in the fires days. But um, <laughs> I don't hate it being here. And then we've got the. Team Adventures package. So, same as before, Bone Crushers, Brazen Borrowers, Innkeepers, Bluffstruck Beasts, and then Lanoir, Visionary, and Comas. So, you know, the game plan here is play a cheap creature, uh, Luca anything but your Edgewall Innkeeper, <laughs> and you'll hit a Coma. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't, don't hit your Innkeepers. That's a bad idea. I'm sure Thor knows that. Uh, and then you've got some Acroan Wars and some, some interactions. So, a couple of, you know, disputes, disdainful strokes, a couple of fire prophecies. Yeah, not not that different to the standard adventure package. I'm I'm not. I haven't actually seen this deck in action. I've I've I know of this deck, but I don't know how powerful it is. Upgrading, you know, a a bone crusher giant into a coma, like it's pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah, it seems good. I mean, I know coma is good, but I think I'd rather just be casting like extra turns and goldspan dragons and things like that instead of. Yeah, just that's fair. That's that's fair. But I mean, Coma is spitting at three threes at each yeah. upkeep. So yep. you know, like it's and it's, it's and a very hard to kill. Very real clock. So yep. uh, I guess the thought is you can kind of turbo it out if you drop, you know, Lanoir Visionaries. I suppose that's you know, it gives you a turn four Luca, which you can then turn immediately into a Coma. Yep, it seems pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, if you if you want to, we could throw Urian in the companion slot and throw another twenty <laughs> cards in it to get our Goldspan dragons in there. Yeah, and why not? Whatever else. Some um, yeah. Yep. Uh, none of the what'd you say that three better board wipes called again? Stu, crush the week. Crush the week. Yeah, I got there. Yeah. Uh, no, crush the week again in the sideboard, which I think is gonna be pretty Feels telling. Like, like when we get to the. Um, when we get through the other deck lists, there's a bunch of decks with lots of small dudes that you really could do with getting off the board before they get a chance to attack. So uh, I think that might be a yeah a bit of a miss in these decks oh, that are playing yeah, red and so. don't have them in the sideboard. So what's uh, what's Yanli playing, Cracker? Yanli is on. Is it dragons? And yes, mm. it is. yes, it is. Uh-huh. So yeah, look, this this deck is great. It's I don't know, it looks like a pretty sort of standard list to me. So, you know, for Burrowers, for Goldspans, for Bone Crushers, to Galazeth, some Maze Mind Tomes, some Expressive Iteration. Love that card. Yeah. Some Alrin's Epiphanies, and then just like a bunch of interaction. You know, big fan of decks that have instants. J Mud, I don't know if you've heard of them, but um, <laughs> you, you, can, you can do these things on your opponent's turn. It's, it's pretty great. 
so he's got frostbite syrup cummings disputes a magma opus just cause just because you need eight mana instance why not and then any gate i don't know what do you guys think uh, I, I seem to I like lose. this deck. It looks fun. I lose to it a lot. I, I seem to. It doesn't matter what I'm playing. Whenever I play against this deck, I lose. Yanley absolutely smashed me in the league matches with it as well. So he's, yeah, he's he's actually playing that through. So I think he, I think he had that through mm-hmm. the entire group stage. So he's really riding it through the finals, which is fantastic. Hmm. Um, looking at the mana base, we've got three faceless havens, uh, six snow covered islands. Uh, four snow-covered mountains, but we've also got four of the Volatile Fjord, which is the uh, blue-red tapped snowland. So we do have 14... Feels well, brave se- to me. Eff- ...effectively 17 snow sources, but, yeah, I mean, it, this probably isn't the sort of deck where... It's not like Mono Red where you want to be, like, playing your Faceless Haven on turn three and then playing your fourth mountain yeah. on turn four so you can bash with it straight away. This This is probably more of a okay, you know, they've wiped the board or the game's gone long and eventually you get enough to, to activate your Faceless Haven and, and you can go from there. So, yeah, like having the tap lands is yeah. not ideal in a, in a two-colour deck, but it is what it is. You do, you do have interaction as long as you can, I guess as long as you can hit, like have two mana untapped on turn three, you should be fine. Uh, but yeah, there's, gonna look, be, there's definitely going to be those games where it comes back to bite you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, most my tome does wonders, and we've yes. we've talked about that a lot in the past. Where it it hasn't seen a lot of play recently, but for a, for a long time there, it was really just smoothing out a lot of standard. Um, so that's that's a really powerful card. And the thing I guess, particularly in this matchup, worth noting is he's got um, four force boat bright bites, hello, and stomps and petty thefts to interact with um, Luca activations because Luca targets, so you actually have a chance to. Respond yes, as a killer creature in response. So, yep. um, you, you obviously can't get rid of the coma because it's not being cast, so you can't, you know, dispute it or whatever. But um, you can't, yeah. can't counter it well, anyway. You can't counter it at all. That's you can't counter it anyway. <laughs> that's what I mean. You can petty theft. <laughs> you can petty theft it. That's true. Yes. So, uh, but look, there's definitely, I mean, clock plus interaction. Yeah. It, it seems really good. So, who's the pick for this matchup? I, I'm going to say no Yanley. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say Yanley. I think is it Drakes? Is it Drakes? Is it Dragons? Is it's just a really good deck. Yeah, I um, think so too. I think he's got too much interaction in the main, and then there's a bunch more in the sideboard as well. I made the comment when I was playing against them in the league match that they were asking all the questions and answering them as well. If you know what I mean, like I yeah, couldn't. Okay. I had no questions to ask. And I couldn't answer any of his questions. He's just like, oh, I'm just, I'm just doing my thing. For some reason, it maybe it was just that one match, but I struggled a lot. Yep. Hey, yeah, shorty, I can, I can definitely see that. Yes. Just noticed he, uh, Yanley does have Cyndaclasm in the board, which is okay. one at a red deals one to each creature, and if it was kicked for an extra red, then it deals two to each creature instead. Yep. Okay. At instant speed. So that's a a good option. Yeah, definitely great option. Uh, n- not necessarily in this matchup, but just no. in, in the field in general. Yeah, yeah, yep. As we'll we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, yeah. I I would say, it's, I think if if Thoris Chris Hemsworth was playing just like the Obosh teamer version, I would probably give it to them. But uh, I think Yanley's going to have the edge in this matchup against yeah, the. I, th- uh, I think the, the lack version. of dragons in this might just you've you've got no way of. I mean, you've got. Um, Thor has got, you know, like borrowers 
for yeah. you know stopping flies. But there's but there's a lot it. of flying going on over there. Yeah, that, um, it's it's a lot to to try and deal with. Yep. And the trouble the trouble is is um with the is it dragons is they spend the the first few turns just stopping you from doing anything, and then the dragons come down. Yep. Yep. And goldspan creating the treasures. Giving you mana for your mystical disputes and the gates yeah. and all that, and frostbites and things like that is yeah yeah good. and and Galazeth, you know coming in and, and giving you one as well yep. strongly recommended if you haven't played the deck to give it a go it is fun hmm. sounds good um and yeah expressive iteration is just a all round very good card yes which uh, yeah I'm assuming will, would definitely help with uh, some of these mana issues making sure you can get the right lands you need. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so the other match in the uh, in the finals, we have a mirror match. So we've got Autolycus uh, versus the AV Cable, and uh, they're both playing Winota, Boros Winota. So this is going to yeah, be right. interesting. The lists are a little bit different, I believe. Uh, not not heaps, but but uh, just a little bit. I mean, there's not a lot of room for change in in Winota. Uh, like looking at Autolycus list, we've got four Winotas, four Selfless Saviors, four Luminac Aspirants, four Rimnock Rock Knights, four Bone Crushers, four Spellbinders, four Skyclave Apparitions, four Blade Historians, which is a huge add to uh, to the Winota decks, mm-hmm. three Usher of the Fallens, and one Kenrith, and then a whole bunch of lands. Tom D's got a Hakdos instead of an Usher of the Fallen. Uh, everything else is basically the same, but there's also a couple of Shatter Skull smashings in the the mana base. So and a couple of Professor well, got of Professor Symbology. symbology. Yeah. Ah, I missed that one. What are they? What are they not playing? Uh, Luminarch uh, Aspirant. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And they're also yeah, a couple of Shatter Skull smashings as well. Yeah, Luminarch Aspirant. I mean, Luminarch Aspirant is obviously good. We've we've talked about that card before, but. In Winota, like hitting it off of a Winota trigger is not that good no. because the, tr- well, the trigger is at the beginning the, of your combat. It's also not the two drop you want because it's a human, so it doesn't trigger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your attack exactly. phase for Winota either. So I, I think that's the key difference. It's it yeah super powerful, but it doesn't actually go towards either parts of your game plan. No, whereas the Professor of Symbology is a core cleric, yes. and it lets you learn. Which, yes. uh, looking at the list, we do have what do we got? Academic probation, spirit summoning, reduced, reduced to memory. To memory. Yeah. Yep. So we've got a few environmental sciences. If you want to go and fix your mana, uh, yeah, got a got a few lessons in the sideboard. So yeah, I I agree with you there, Cracker. Uh, I don't think that is the two drop you want, and I wonder if uh, Autolic has tested the uh, the professor of symbology. Uh, not not sure, but. Um, I think just that slight difference probably gives the edge to to Tom D. I mean, <laughs> this is literally just going to be a like game one. There is no interaction. <laughs> it's just no, who, can, right. who can who uh, can hit Winota on turn four first. and, and yeah. then hit the the good triggers instead of the yeah yeah or hit roll the dice correctly. Although Tom D does have the two shadow skull smashings in the main, so there is some removal. Uh, I mean, it is. It's, it's a lot of mana to, <laughs> it's very, to very slow. Kill. <laughs> kill anything worthwhile but uh yeah i like it um yeah and look, not a huge amount of interaction in the sideboard for either of them as well so autolycus has got a couple of red cap melees a couple of ecds that's that's it that's it i mean that's and yeah, a can, war but you, can you can kind of war. can't really count that it's it's i don't think you bring it up in this matchup a four mana enchantment is is not the way i would see i mean it this. works good if uh, your opponent plays 
plays Winota on turn four and then you can steal it, but that's, that's true. It. But then they've already played Winota <laughs> and got an attack trigger and, 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 you know, it's all, yeah. all that stuff that goes with yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, Autologous has got yeah the, th- the three red cap melees, two ECDs, which I yeah. doubt you bring in in ECDs. I don't, ECDs, actually, ECDs I don't even know what, what are you bringing ECDs in for? Five mana in this deck, man. That's uh, control matchups, I guess, is where mm. you're thinking it might go. It, it's it just seems super dragons. slow. Yeah, maybe uh, the three red cap melees is definitely good. Whereas yes. like Tom's list, we've got the one red cap melee and. Two Solseer. Solseer can can be a little bit slow. Like three mana is yeah, that's that's a lot. It it definitely is a lot, but it does yeah. do a little more. And I think that's yeah. the the difference is because he's got that lesson package. He's lacking on like both a Crown War and ECD for the other yeah. matchups. Yeah. So he's kind of leaning on Solseer being able to hit Planeswalkers and you know indestructible things. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So Solseer hits uh, Lovestruck Beast. Nicely mm-hmm. as well, so uh, but uh, yeah, sort of looking through the other list. One thing, so obviously we spoke about the missing the crush the weeks, which is pretty good against the uh, Winota decks and also the mono white decks, just taking out all those little small dudes. But most of the lists that are playing red are also only running like one red cap melee, one or maybe two red cap melees, which is a very very good card to have in the uh, in the Winota matchup. So. And people are obviously banking on there being just no mono red because it's great against yeah, them as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've got so. No this is a, no cleaves. No. This is a mirror match, which is in the upper bracket. So obviously, one of these guys is going to lose and drop down to the lower bracket. So there will still be two Winota decks kicking through uh, the finals for a little bit. So everyone's going to need to be aware of that. And yeah, I think the, uh, the sideboards are not very well set up to go to play against. Uh, these Winota decks, so would not be surprised to see them sort of carve their way through the field and uh, and do quite well. How do we pick a winner out of these two? <laughs> I think I think I'd have to go with Tom yeah. D just because of the Professor of Symbologies. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> in, in game <laughs> it is one, a point of distinction. But, but yeah. then yep. in in the other games, you've got like the the red cap melees might just be the difference in terms of like having a one mana interaction spell that kills Winota. Yeah. Yep. In the post board game, so I don't know. Yep, too hard, too hard to call that one. Yeah, it's, it's obviously very, very hard in a mirror. So, yeah, so that's our top eight. So we're going to be seeing those. Uh, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of short matches. Like we've got the one Saltai Ultimatum deck, and then everything else can win pretty quickly. I mean, even Saltai Ultimatum can win can win quickly. So we've got no big, long, slow control mirrors or anything like that. So this could be a could be a short stream, and especially oh, we, these we these can pad. mirrors. We can pad. <laughs> Chewy will be there. We can pad. Yes. <laughs> um, like, and, and interesting to talk about is like the decks that are missing. As you said, Cracker, we've got no mono red. We've got no gruel. There's no mm-hmm. rogues. Like nearly yep. every deck is packing, you know, like oxes and things like that in the sideboards that are usually just for the rogues matchups. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of dead or cycling cards. is the other thing. Yeah, no cycling. Which is, you know come and gone a couple of times in standard recently. I yep. think Cyclone's dropped off a little bit. So has Rogues a lot. It has, yeah. Makes me sad. Yeah. But yeah, definitely some some notable absences, right? And, you know, like the fact that there's two quite different variants of Mono White, I find like legitimately interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are actual different, different yeah. lists. So they will play out 
differently. So, yeah, good good to see a diverse top eight. Uh, yeah, we've other than the two uh, two Winota lists that are, even those are still slightly different, but we've got two Winota lists, two mono whites, still some variation between those, and then a bunch of other cool decks. So, should be a uh, pretty cool finals. It can either of you guys come up with a a winner from this list here? Who who's your pick for taking it all down? Well, give me give me two picks. Who do you think is going to take it down from like a deck choice perspective, looking at the field, and then who do you want to win from you know personal reasons or whatever favoritism slash groups and whatever? Who, who, who wants to go first? You can go first. I'll go you. first. I think I feel like one of the mono white decks is going to get it done. Okay, it's just the bane of my existence. So naturally, it's probably going to uh, win through. Uh, but I think I'd like. I would like to see J-Mud get it done. And I think J-Mud was my pick last time. So yep. don't disappoint me, buddy. <laughs> oh, he's going to disappoint you. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's not nice. Wow. So, Jay, so just... like, Jay, before you answer, Cracker, J-Mud uh, contacted me when we were doing some of the streams during the week for the the top 16 and said, oh, j- you know, just let you know, I don't want to play my list on... Uh, on stream because I've got the secret tech and I'm doing really well with it and I don't want people to know about it. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, worries. That's that's a surefire way to just go straight O2 and drop out of the, <laughs> out of the finals. He's wow. on one of the white decks, isn't he? Yeah, I, don't yeah, know if, I don't know if that's what he played through it, but yeah, yeah he lost. He, he lost a cue ball in the uh, in the first round of the the finals, so lovely. Managed managed to win back from there, so he's doing all right. Uh, Cracker, what's your picks? Yeah, so I mean. From a, a, you know, a couple of group cracker guys in here. We've got uh, James and J-Mud. Uh, oh, I didn't even think of group, this from a group, group, group perspective. <laughs> so, obviously, hoping, look, you know, J-Mud is a top bloke. I'd love to see him take it down. But he's playing mono white. So, <laughs> I, can't, I can't really, I can't really stand behind that. I <laughs> I actually think that the the dragons list might have the tools that they need to, to get the whole thing done. Um so, yeah, I think that'll be interesting. It's uh, Yanli. Oh, also, Yanli literally just messaged me a second ago saying that um, he's living in Melbourne these days. Oh, okay. Right. So, so no, he's been here no for a few years now. Cool. Yeah. Very good. So just so we've got uh, Thoris Chris Hemsworth playing from Utah, I believe it was. Correct. Uh, and Autolycus is a Kiwi living over, over in Kiwi land. Yeah. So, yeah, a l- little bit of a spread. Um, for me, so I've got uh, Skips J... Uh, Thor is Chris Hemsworth and the AV Cable from from Group Shorty. So they're all still going strong. Nice. So I'd be happy for, for one of those guys to win. I would like to see J-Mud actually get there in the end and, and win it and get, get back into the uh, the Invitational again, do, uh, do back-to-back Invitationals. That'd be good for him. But uh, I think my pick's probably going to have to go with the... Uh, who's running it? The Team or Adventures list. Where does that go on? James Moises, the professor. Um, the professor. I mean, as as we said when we spoke about his his deck list, he's been smashing it lately. Smashed it through the league, and I'm just a huge fan of this deck. I just think it's really cool and it's a lot of fun to play, and it's it fun is. to watch as well. It can get get pretty exciting. So I'd like to see James Moises come through from the uh, the losers bracket and uh, make it all the way into the finals. So that's that's my pick. I would not be disappointed if that happened. Yep. As like yeah, I don't really want Mono White to win either. I don't like that deck. It's uh, too too much life gain. <laughs> that's no good for anyone. 
All right. Uh, I think that's going to do us. So, yeah, just uh, as a reminder, uh, this stream, uh, the final stream will be kicking off this Saturday, 19th of June, starting at 11 a.m. Melbourne time. We'll probably go for most of the day, four or five hours. Who knows? It, it just depends on, on how long these matches go for. But there will be a ton of giveaways. Uh, our awesome sponsors, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, uh, Pat has been giving us stuff and sending us stuff all the time. So we've got a, a, a big stack of stuff we need to be uh, giving away. So we'll give away some of that on the stream. Uh, it's going to be a little bit interesting, the uh, the stream this weekend. So the last couple, if you've watched them, we've managed to do them live together, uh, like with a, with a booth set up and that sort of thing makes it a lot easier for actually running it on the day, but due to restrictions we still have in Melbourne, we can only do it remotely. Uh, so the ones we've done remotely in the past, I've run them from my house, which works fine. Unfortunately, I still don't actually have internet. I'm running off of my phone hotspot effectively to record this podcast with the boys, and uh, that's not going to be sufficient for uh, running a stream and all the feeds coming in and going out and that sort of thing. So I will be heading to Chewy's house and we're running things from there. So yeah, it, it it should still run smoothly. I've put a lot of work into getting things set up, but uh, yeah, just bear with us if anything does go a little bit wrong. Cracker, I know you're busy on the day, so you may not be uh, on commentary, might be able to get on later. Yeah, hopefully towards the end of the day, but um, yep. unfortunately well, it depends how long start. it goes for. Yep. <laughs> and Stuart's one of your kids' birthdays. Yeah, it wouldn't be a magic event without somebody <laughs> celebrating a birthday. So. That's true. Or an anniversary. Yeah. Or an yeah. anniversary. But I'll be there. I'll be there in the morning. Yep. And yeah, if, yeah, if it, it goes should, quick, I might see the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's all good. So it'll be yeah, myself, Stu, and Chewy on the commentary. Potentially cracker later on, but we will see how we go. I'm sure uh, you'll be, when you're not busy sharpening knives, Cracker, you'll be having your phone out with the stream oh, going. I'll have it. Like I'll that. have it tuned in. Roasting us in chat. <laughs> Very good. What's wrong with Stu's head? <laughs> uh, and just a reminder, we will be, uh, we've just announced it in the Discord, but we do have our next event in the tournament series. We've got a one-day historic event that'll be uh, held on the third Saturday, the 3rd of July. So more invitational points up for grabs. If you haven't played in any of our events, there's still stacks of uh, invitational points up for grabs. You could easily jump into some events now and still qualify for the Envy at the end of the year. So uh, get in on that. So that's, that'll be two weeks after the stream. And then I'm pretty sure it's two weeks after that will be the kickoff for the next league, the Dungeons and Dragons Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, because that set name's not long enough. Uh, league will kick off and we'll be doing all this again uh, over the next couple of months. So. Yeah, you can just win that league and then you're yeah. like auto qualified yes. for the yep. Indy. It's easy. Yeah, two two more leagues, so D and D league and then the Innistrad league. So yeah, if you win either of those leagues, you're straight in. Doesn't matter how many points you've got. So yeah, plenty plenty of time to get that qualification. Uh, if you do want to join those uh, events, the easiest way and best way to do that is to jump into our Discord. The show notes for that is always the show notes for that is in our podcast. The, <laughs> well the link, wow, the link for that is in the show notes. Shorty's a bit think, rusty, everyone. Be nice, Cra- Cracker. You need to take over again. Just uh, that was you out there chopping trees down, wasn't it? Yeah, you, absolutely. You don't, want me, don't want me hosting. <laughs> that is so far from the truth. <laughs> you can uh, support us directly by going and buying some sweet magic beans merch just uh, again look in the show notes find the link 
and go and pick up some hoodies, t-shirts, uh, mouse pads, all that sort of stuff. Uh, go and check out our sponsors, as we've mentioned them a few times tonight, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Just search them up on Facebook and join their auction group to get some uh, bargains on their daily auctions. If you want to find us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, any of those places, YouTube, just search for Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast. You'll find us there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Cracker, you are? At Joel Hill underscore. And Stu? At M. Stewie. Very good. So that's going to do us for tonight. Make sure you come and join us this Saturday to watch the stream. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we will see you next time.